When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tottenham corner. Which is in there. And headed home by who else? But Harry Kane. And on his 300th Tottenham appearance, he has his 200th Tottenham goal. Yet another landmark. And Spurs have the lead. Kane's on the move. Bale's found him. And Kane's looking for Lucas Moura. Simple as that. 2-0 Tottenham. The Brazilian is on the score sheet. His third in the Europa League this season. And Spurs have doubled their advantage. Here's Hoybiat. And his son's first touch. And it's a very, very effective one. Back to Lo Celso. Who gets Tottenham's third. What an impact from the South Korean with that assist. And Lo Celso does get his goal. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe and well out there. We are back providing you with instant reaction to Tottenham Hotspur's win over Ludogorets in the Europa League in which Spurs once again showed their attacking prowess. A 3-1 win over Ludogorets which sees Spurs steadily taking control of their Europa League group. If you're listening to the show for the very first time you can of course find us on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Audio boom we're on all major audio applications you can of course find us on twitter at last word on spurs we're on facebook and instagram too just want to start the show by saying a massive massive heartfelt thank you to every single person that's got in touch with me over this last 24 to 48 hours where i announced that i'm going to be a dad in the very, very near future. It may even happen on this very show, because I say, recording live, you never know what can happen, but just want to say a massive, massive thank you to every single person that's got in touch over this last 24, 48 hours. Sending massive love out there to you all guys, and I say thank you ever so much for the very kind words. Delighted to have Chris Carolyn back on the show. Chris, how are you? Very good, Rick. Uh, A very good, solid, professional performance by Tottenham Hotspur tonight. Um, highly delighted, a um, you know a really good response from from last week, and you know we're not losing many games and we're looking you know pretty decent. If you think overall so far in this season, we've probably been smiling more so far in this season than the whole of last. You know we're in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. We're we're looking good in the Europa League, 
and we will be going top of the Premier League on Sunday. The optimism there from Chris Cowlin, all to be seen, all to be seen. Along with Chris, as I mentioned, delighted to have our crazy train instructor, Lee McQueen, on the show. Lee, how are you? Yeah, really good, thanks, Rick. Another good win. And echo what uh, Chris and the pilot bus just said uh, with regards to uh, looking good, mate. I mean, it's 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 feeling good. I'm lo- it's looking good. It's feeling good. Um, another win under about another free goal scored away from home. Um, you know, we, we maybe we sweep the one under the the, the carpet that uh, that we let in. But look, other than that, I think it was a professional performance tonight. I'm sure we'll get into it. Um, and uh, yeah, really, really pleasing. And uh, onward and upward to the 1-1 draw against West Brom. Oh God, dear, don't don't tell us. I mean, that's so much in the script, isn't it? 1-1 against West Brom. But before we come on to West Brom, lots to talk about before then. I'd like to also have on the show, we've got Jamie back from the Daily Hotspur. Jay, how are you? Yep, very good. And uh, yeah, no, pleased with tonight's win. Of course, you know, after last week's performance, we definitely need a response tonight. And um, Jose Mourinho obviously made a big thing about wanting to go uh, strong against them tonight. And yeah, we produced a, 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 good, a good response tonight. So I was really happy. Jay, do you know what? Let's open the show with you because it was, I thought, I thought it was a very good night for Tottenham. Professional performance, so much better than last week's dire display we have to add against Royal Antwerp. But this one was a much more professional performance and we could have really been out of sight before half time. And another game, in a way, will be frustrated that we didn't keep a clean sheet. But how did you see it, Jay, overall? Yeah, I, th- I think one thing we wanted to do tonight, Jose Mourinho has obviously been drilling into them that they've got to go and take these games seriously. I think last week they obviously assumed they could t- rock up and, and just get the win. But um, tonight it was a lot felt a lot more professional. We felt a lot more in control of the game. Um, you know, it was. I think the one thing that was a shame is that we had to use some of the top players like Harry Kane and then, of course, uh, Bale and then... Um, so yeah, it was it was it was frustrating that we had to use them because obviously he was making a bit of a statement with some of the players who were poor last week. I think he wanted to show them that you know you can't have players that are going to cruise along. You've got to go uh, rectify poor performances. So um, there's no stops guaranteed in this team. Um, so yeah, it was obviously it was a, it was a good response this week. And as the guys said, it was a, a really professional uh, performance in the end. Chris, you kind of opened this in your segment when you started the show, but for me, that was a pretty straightforward win for Spurs, who, without having to overexert themselves, got over the line. At the moment, Chris, as you mentioned in the intro, we're third in the league, one defeat in 13, on course to qualify for the Europa League last round of 32. Is there much to moan about at the moment? Because I'm kind of getting the vibe that with Spurs fans, it's a bit of a mixture at the moment. You know, some maybe are not impressed by the standard of football. How do you look at it? Do you know what? All of those things we have both mentioned, you know, about us being in the quarterfinal, we're, we're third and we could go top in the Premier League. We'd, you know, we won two out of three in the Europa League tonight. I think there is so much more to come. I really do. I think a number of the players haven't been at 100% match fitness, including players like Gareth Bale. Um, you know, when you've got players like Hunmin Son and Harry Kane banging in goal after goal after goal, and as Lee keeps saying, the amount of goals that we have scored this season, another three today... You know, if if we're moaning about scoring so many goals and creating so many chances, you know, if you look at tonight's game, after just nine minutes, Tottenham could have been 3-0 up. You know, it, it did worry me a little bit tonight where, you know, by half time we could have had, you know, we should have put the game to bed, you know, beyond their doubt. And, you know, when, when they scored their, their early goal in the second half, you, th- you thought to yourself, oh, here you go. You know, typical um, Spurs fans thinking, thinking the worst, that they're going to come back into the game. You know, we've seen it with the Newcastle and West Ham game. But overall, this season so far, I think that there are so, so many positives. And as I said earlier, 
you know, we've been smiling a lot more. Uh, we've been winning games convincingly this season. I think that it's great to be in the Europa League. I think it's a competition that we can win. We've all said that before. Um, you know, we're favourites to, to win it as well. Um, but I think these are, are really good training games for a lot of the players. Um, I know Jamie said about it's a shame that we played a, a strong team tonight, but Jose Mourinho wants to win these games. And, you know, it was bad that we lost that game against Royal Antwerp last week because the later games in the group stages, you know, we're playing really good Premier League teams. So it's very important to, to try and win this group early, to get the points on the board and uh, ultimately, you know, get through. We've got to get through. Um, but overall, I've been very impressed with the season so far. And I just think that there are so many more good times to come. I'll be interested to see if you echo those thoughts. But, you know, a bit of a drop off in the second half. But Spurs ultimately got the job done, unscathed, 3-1 winners. Positives really, you'd say, is Kane, Bale, maybe Winks in the first half. But I thought Bergvijn played much better also when given his opportunity. Lee, what are you making of the overall vibe around Spurs at the moment? Can you understand, you know, maybe being a bit of cautious optimism? How do you see it? Uh, you know me, I'm never cautious optimism. I'm just optimism. And I'm absolutely <laughs> loving it. And like, why not? You know, at the end of the day, it's like I put a tweet out in the week um, and uh, talked about oh, 18 months, I think it was, 18 months since we got into the top four. We were actually sat in the top four. We've gone through the painful rebuild. As, uh, I referenced Jamie, um, who's on, on, on tonight, so you can have a chat about that. It was the old rebuild 2.0, Jane, that I, I referenced. And we've been through the bloody mill for the last 18 months. Why wouldn't we want to celebrate a win and being second for, yeah, it was for 24 hours. But yeah, okay, we're third now. But as, as Chris said, you know, I was joking, by the way, about the 1-1 West Brom. I think we're going to absolutely smash them. So don't you worry about that. Um, and, and I do think that we're going to, um, you know, we're, we're going to go top of the league, even if it is for a few hours and really, again, put the statement out. Um, you know, I do think that, I, I understand why, look, Football's a matter of opinion, right? And I understand why why Tottenham fans or Tottenham supporters specifically, because we're, we're talking about our great club. I know why they want to be optimistic, um, uh, cautious, don't get carried away, and all that sort of stuff. But it's not about it's not about getting carried away. It's just about enjoying the moment. Like I, like I said last week, I think we just forgot how to enjoy it. We, we're scoring goals, freely scoring goals. We're, you know, we're scoring more than we're letting in, which is which is a good sign. I think Chris said it a couple of weeks ago uh, or a couple of shows ago. And if we're going to be like the, a team like Aussie Idealist going forward in the, in the 90s, going to score more goals than them, then, you know, it, it bids for a fantastic season. So I think that Kane, I know we're getting to Kane, but Kane, 300 games, 200 goals, absolutely outrageous We've got the best. We've got to enjoy this. We've got the best striker in the world playing for our football club, and he's one of our own. I thought Lucas was uh, was decent today. Not only did he get a goal, but he also got an assist. Um, and I pat myself on the back for that because I, I said in, the, in my last prediction that he scored, didn't I? He does love a European game, our Lucas. And Chris, uh, as Chris just said before as well, about Bale getting back to I thought he's probably 90, 93% fit now or something like that. He's looking fit. He's looking good. And, it, and it's, I think Jermaine Genius said it on commentary, it's the way he's moving the ball. It's not just about his, you know, his, his, his energy levels or fitness. It's the way he's starting to move the ball and, uh, and, and control that game. I thought, uh, you know, uh, at times, well, I say at times, I think today was like a training game, Rick. It was almost like an England friendly away to San Marino. When, you know, when you've got to go away to San Marino, an international break, and no one really kind of wants to be there at the game. But you go anyway, and you've got to get the job done. And sometimes them fixtures are tricky. 
But we did get the job done. We scored three goals. Their goal was a fortunate one, but we, we've got three points and we move on. And onwards and up to West Brom. I think West Brom is going to be a really tough game. And I know we'll get into it later. Um, but, you know, like, like Chris said, you, we've got to get through this. We've got to get through this. I thought you were going to give me a bit of Daniel Bedingfield. I thought you could give us the chorus and the way it was going. <laughs> Had a load of listener statements come in on the back of this show. Matt Martin says a pretty routine win. Such poor opposition and so dull playing on a Thursday. None of the players in the squad really state the claim. Three points against West Brom and let's see where we are on Sunday. So Matt keeping a very reserved judgment. Z Baz 2 says, what can we do to keep a clean sheet? I thought the guys played great, by the way. Tough opponents. Brock soccer ball. At Stunning Spurs says, we looked fantastic going forward today. A much improved performance from last week. Think we were fairly wasteful with our chances, but I'm happy with the three points. Lo Celso quietly had his best game in a Spurs shirt. That's interesting he says that. Love how dynamic he is in the number 10 role. Sam Lewis says, much better compared to last week. Clearly Jose got a reaction from the players. Job done. Shrias Rayo says, good win today. Nothing to complain about other than the stuff we already know. Winks is a car crash. Mora is a mouse. And Vinicius needs time. Robert Sigverton says, great game from the lads. Kane looks sharp. Lucas got another goal and seems a lot more dangerous this season. Lo Celso impresses me again. Can't wait for the midfield of Hoybier and Dombele and Lo Celso. And Yusa Tai also says, a real professional performance from the lads today. Now, Jose Mourinho... After the game, he gave his comments. He said, we did our job. We played seriously. We took it serious. We played with great attacking force, starting with Harry Kane. Ludogorets is not a weak team. We are better than them, and we showed this. Now, Jay, coming around to you, Jose Mourinho declared that he would go full power in his Tottenham Hotspur team selection to face Ludogorets in Bulgaria for the Europa League. He made six changes from the team that beat Brighton and Hove Albion on Sunday for the Group J game. As we knew ahead of the game, Mourinho was already without Eric Lamella and Serge Aurea, who both had small injuries, and Sergio Reguilon had the flu. Mourinho wanted to make it very, very clear that he had not been suffering from COVID-19. Joe Roden, Jetson Fernandes, Paolo Gazaniga were not registered for this group stage of the Europa League, hence their non-involvement. Jafet Tanganga returned to training following his injury woes, but this game came for him too soon to either start or be on the bench. In central defence, the Portuguese boss went for Toby Adevireld and Eric Dyer, with Kane, Bale and Lucas up front for Spurs. Deli Ali was back in a Tottenham matchday squad as one of the 12 substitutes. Jay, what did you make of that team to take on Luda Goretz? And was that roughly what you was expecting? So obviously, it was a very strong team. And I think that, as I said earlier, I think it was kind of sending a message to some of the players last week that they've got to go and step up. They can't, they've got to have consequences for these poor performances. And obviously, we saw against Brighton, they were all left, some of them were left out of the squads. Um, and I, you know, it's, for me, it's a good thing because it means that these players, when they, they've got to go and put a reaction in. And as supporters, that's what we want. When a player performs badly, we want them to know they've performed badly and that next week, once they've performed badly, they've got to go and they can't, they're not guaranteed a spot in that 11. So I was quite pleased that we went strong tonight um, just to send out a message to the guys who, who did play last week that, that, you know, they can't get back in the team if they have to go and fight for it. Um, they've got to all go and work in training. So, yeah, I was, I was overall, I was pretty pleased with the team. It was a strong team and, uh, as I said, it sent a message to the players that, that were poor last week. It looks as at the moment he doesn't fully trust the likes of Sanchez, Delhi, Bergwijn and perhaps Vinicius to start games. Perhaps Vinicius more down to the fact that at the moment that he is still obviously having to adapt 
learn a new language. But ahead of the game, he said that he gave the players a silent treatment over the display against Antwerp and only spoke to them for the first time today before the game. What do you make of those mind games from Jose Mourinho? When you see the squad that he has taken over to Bulgaria, it shows you know clear intentions that he has taken this competition very, very seriously. And it excites me because when I look on the bench and see people like Pierre-Emile Hoybier, Davinson Sanchez, Hunmin Son, Deli Ali, Steven Bergwijn, um, Undon Bele, Vinicius, the list is endless. And there is so much quality on there. And we have said for the last few years, certainly under Maurizio Pochettino, that um, you know we've always lacked the quality on the bench to come on. Now, we saw that today. Hunmin Son on the bench. 17 seconds before he got his assist. It's absolutely incredible. You know, to, to see Harry Kane, Gareth Bale play um, in these sorts of games, you know, Jose Mourinho is taking it seriously. I know, you know, we, we, we are favourites to win this competition right now, and uh, I believe we will. And I love the fact that the manager is taking a fully, um, you know, fully strength squad because a lot of managers would leave half of these players at home. Last week... You know, I agree with what Jamie said, um, you know, about his, his testing a lot of players because last week he, he left Undon Bele and Dyer at home. And this week he thought, no, I'm not doing that again. I'm taking, you know, the whole team, the whole squad is coming. And that is how seriously he's taking it. So whether he's playing mind games or whatever he's doing, as long as we're winning and getting these results at difficult places, because, you know, we've travelled to Bulgaria twice now. We've travelled to Macedonia um, you know, we've played some very hard games and tricky games in the Europa League and we keep grinding these results out. And, you know, as I said, it was a good professional performance today. And, uh, you know, I like what Jose Mourinho is doing right now. Lee, coming around to you, um, I know you're a man that loves to get in the, in the mentality and the mindset of certain individuals. Jose Mourinho, like I say, ahead of that game, was often very honest there. He said that he hadn't spoken to the players on the back of that really poor performance last week. Do you think in a way... It was right to bring it up today rather than have to address that the week before after the result. What did you make of that from Jose Mourinho, that admission? Um, I, think, I actually don't know, Rick, to be honest. I think that he's um, he's got his ways, hasn't he, at the end of the day, Jose. Um, and he felt that that was the best way to deal with it. Um, I, I think he's almost kept the whole team or the whole squad on edge to think, Jesus, when when is this kind of when is this briefing going to happen or when is this, you know, bollocking going to happen almost, excuse my language, um, you know, because it was dire. Like we, we said last week, didn't we, that, that everyone played, everyone played, whoever came off the bench under a five, they were awful. Um, and again, James hit it at the top of the show, you know, it was an attitude thing. So maybe he just felt, right, you know, I'm not going to address it. I'm going to keep you hanging, keep you stewing, if you like. And he used it almost as his motivational team talk to actually say, well, when he did open up, uh, was it today or yesterday, when, when, he actually, when he actually talked about that defeat? So I don't really know. I think that it has got under their skin a little bit and to, to keep them sharp. I think Jose always likes, uh, always likes to light fires, doesn't he? Like a little fire under you there and a little fire under there and make sure that it's bubbling under and really get you going at it. Um, and that's, that's, that's his style and that's what he does. Chris just mentioned there about kind of going to, uh, going to, you know, away from home to Bulgaria twice. And I just want to pick up on his points. I was absolutely livid when I found out this in the week that we've had to travel to Bulgaria away today, um, as, as we've just seen in the game that we're talking about. And then with a freaking early midday kickoff on Sunday, like, not being funny, you've got Arsenal and Leicester both playing at home tonight in the Europa League, and then they kick off later on the Sunday. TV, you need to sort it out, because that is outrageous. We could have had a later kickoff on Sunday to give us some more recovery time. You know, the, the, the FA or the Premier League, 
they need to help their teams in Europe a little bit better than that. I just think that is, sorry, I was just a bit disgusted about that. You know, a midday kickoff after we've had to travel away, two away games and we get the early kickoff. It's not what I saying ain't right there. But, um, you know, in terms of mind games, yeah, Joe says he's the master at the minute. It worked as well because you saw the way that we came out and the way we pressed them. They did look poor, but I think that we made them look poor because with the way we came out so aggressively, as I said, we, we were pressing them. Um, we were working so well with the ball. So clearly, um, as we said, you know, he was playing mind games with them. He wanted to get a response out of them and uh, clearly it worked. So, yeah, I think that was really good for Mourinho. Jay, let's stick with you. Harry Kane scoring his 200th goal for Spurs in his 300th appearance. He headed home Lucas Moura's corner. I mean, Kane, I know we do it to death with him so much on this show. So, John do. I'm going to read out some of these crazy stats. His first 200 goals for Tottenham came in 23,140 minutes. That averages a goal every 115.7 minutes and roughly equates to one and a half games. I mean, that in itself, Jay, is just quite remarkable of just how special this guy is. And I'm out of words for him. Do you think he's a player, Jay, that, you know... It's only when these guys retire or it's only when, you know, they eventually stop playing that you recognise just what a special player this man truly is. I just hope he has something to show for at the end of it. I mean, number of goals that he's got, that 200, 300 appearances is, is absolutely incredible. Um, and yeah, as we said, he's, you know, he's become that complete player now. And tonight he was just so professional. It was part of, part of obviously, why Jose Mourinho wanted to pick him. He knew he's a guy he can trust and he always puts in a, a really strong shift for the team. So... Yeah, just a, a really top professional and a, a really fantastic striker as well. 100 away goals and 149 away games with Tottenham all competitions. You get these strikers, Chris, that actually struggle to score when they're away from home, but Kane just absolutely relishes it. I mean, as a player, is there anything that is left to say on just how incredible Harry Kane is for Tottenham? And I think Jay's right there. We echo his thoughts that he needs to win something with Tottenham, doesn't he? That's the most important thing. Yeah, he's got all of these individual records, um, a superb uh, professional footballer. The records that he is breaking is just amazing. But um, yeah, we've said many, many times, you know, we want to see him winning trophies at Tottenham. You know, if we don't do it this season, um, you know, I'd be afraid to, um, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to let, let Harry Kane go out the door because if we don't, if we don't win trophies soon, then there is a real chance that he may leave, you know, to chase the trophies because he's not getting any younger. And it's all about winning trophies in your professional career. But, um, you know, we've run out of things to say about Harry Kane. He's, as I say, 200 goals in 300 games is just simply incredible. This season so far, 13 games, 12 goals, 10 assists. It, the, the numbers just speak for themselves. Even his European record is quite phenomenal, you know, 40 goals in 60 European games. But again tonight, you know, a real charismatic leader out on that field. I know we talk about Kane every single week. We eulogise over him. We run out of stuff to say about Harry Kane. Therefore, I'm going to ask you a different question. Have you got any concern, Lee, that if we don't win anything this season under Jose Mourinho, that Kane starts to wonder about his future? Or do you think we have got the right, you know, components there to keep him at Tottenham? It's such a weird answer, right? Because if you'd have asked me that a year ago, I'd have said no. I'd have said no. I don't. I, you know, I think Kane will stay, and obviously he has, and whatever. But because of the setup we've got, because of the manager that we've got, because of the the chairman that has just backed the manager that we've got, and because of the squad that we're just utilising uh, um, uh, uh, over now, 
you know, quality play in each position, obviously without Davis being in there because obviously he's six out of ten. Uh, but, you know, other than that, you know, we've got quality players in every position and, and, and so on and so forth. I, I do think that if... I think, Chris, you might have said this the other day, like, the reality is, is if we... If we don't win Saint this season with this whole setup, where else do we go? And 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 if we're thinking that, Kane has to be thinking that, right? He has to be thinking, what what else can we do in order to win a trophy? We're in the four major trophy competition. We're in the four trophy, uh, sorry, we're in the four competition that we can win a trophy. Still, we're in the quarterfinals at a as a Carabao Cup, which gives us a good opportunity. But we're favourites by William Hill. I think um, uh, Chris mentioned earlier that. Well, we're, we're, we're bookmakers' favourites um, on, on that side of things, 6-1. to one. We're third in the Premier League, as you mentioned earlier as well, and we've still got the FA Cup to come. So we, we've got the best and and the year ends in one, as uh, our very own John from Little White Rose would have, uh, would have reminded us as well a couple of weeks ago. So we've got everything going for us now in, in order to go and crack on. We may even in seven weeks' time go and sign Scrinoir, um, still on the cards. I mean, Jamie from the Daily Hotspur, you'll be able to tell us about that. So, look, the reality is we've got everything going for us. So, so yeah, I, I am worried probably for the first time that if we don't win anything this season, Kane, Kane may leave, may, may want to go, do you know what, I need, to, I need to leave here. Especially if one of the big boys come in for him. You know, one of the, one of the powerhouses, like a... I don't know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich or whatever, some, something like that. I do, I do think that it seems pivotal, uh, pivotal this, this year because, um, because of them factors. And that sounds a bit perverse because actually you could say, oh, we're, we were rubbish last year or when we sacked pot, so therefore you should leave then. But it feels like that we're on the up now. And, and actually, if we don't win anything this time, I could, I could see him going. I think if we won the League Cup, or the FA Cup, I don't think that that would be enough to keep him, sadly. I think that we've got to be, you know, real title contenders and really going for the uh, for the league this season um, or win the Europa League. Because, you know, let's face it, these big players at our club and, and, a, and a huge manager in Jose Mourinho, serial winner, been there and, and won it all. You know, Harry Kane, Hugo Lloris, Hunmin Son, we've said it, all these players, they've got to be winning trophies. You can't be playing at the best stadium in the world. You can't be having the best training facilities. You can't have great players around you and win nothing. Have- the thing is, Chris, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt your flow, but I was, I, and I, I agree with you, but, but the thing is, if we went and won a big trophy this year, people would then go, well, what's the point in staying? You may as well go somewhere else. And you've done it now, haven't you, once with Tottenham? Whereas actually, if, if you did win the Carabao Cup and came second in the, in the, in the league, for example... You, the story to Kane would be, mate, we are on the cusp here. We're ready to Absolutely. go again, like, yeah. and, and that's why I think maybe he would stay. But uh, but if we did, if we won nothing, and you know we we fell outside the top four, or maybe we got in the top four, that might keep him go. Look, one more season for us, you know, in the Champions League. But but actually, if we win, if we won, if we went and won a big trophy, the, the trophy, you know, you know, the, you know, the Premier League trophy, or you know, the, the Europa League, you might turn around and go, well, what's the point in staying, mate? You've done it now. You know. because, because, Lee, Jose Mourinho and co. want to do it again. They always want to do it again, hence the serial no, winner. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah that's but, fair. But, but you're absolutely right. If we were second or third in the league, only a few points off, you know, actually winning the title, but being real contenders this season, then of course he, he would stay for next season because he would want yeah. to be a part of that build again. 
Yeah, see, I, no, I agree. See, the thing in me, I just think he must look at that. I mean, I might be I'm wrong here. I think he looks at that Spurs record. He's getting so close to becoming Tottenham Hotspur's all-time leading goal scorer. I think that must play a big factor into Kane's mind. He's been at Tottenham for such a long time. I want to believe that is part of you know his reasoning behind wanting to stay. But of course, I do agree, chaps. It does come down to ultimately yeah. winning those trophies. I mean, that's what he's here for. That's what he has to do is win those trophies. He's 66 so, goals off though, Rick. So he's 66 goals <laughs> off Jimmy Greaves' record at the he moment. He could do it so, this season. <laughs> you know, how, how, how many seasons is that going to be to get 66 goals? Not many. Uh, uh, league no. goals. Is that just is is that for league or just all-time goal scorer? All-time, isn't it? All-time. Well, so that, that could right. be two seasons. Yeah. Not being funny. The way it is, it could just be two. Yeah. It could be this season and, well, no, because he's already scored a lot. So how many is he going to get this year? Say he got 30 this year. Mm. He's already got, what did you say? He's already got 12. Yeah, twelve. He's yeah. already got twelve. Is it? Yeah. He's already got twelve. He's only played thirteen games. That's if what I mean. Scoring like that, if he carries on this that, year. Yeah, exactly. If he carries <laughs> on that ratio, we'll do it this year. I mean, that, that's why I think this season is so important because yeah. if Tottenham don't win a trophy, yeah. we don't come close in winning a trophy. Mm. Then um, you know he could be uh, you know going because if if a big come in, you know there, there's every chance that he could go because you know. Footballers only have a certain amount of, of years in a career. Let's talk about Spurs going two up because actually coming around to you, Jay, it was another assist for Harry Kane as Bale plays in the striker with a lovely ball and picked out Lucas Moura who fired it home for 2-0 to Tottenham. What did you make overall, Jamie, of Lucas Moura's performance? It was a mixed performance from him, really. I mean, again, he kind of had the same issues that he's had before in the past where he's kind of struggled to combine with other players. I thought there was moments where he was slightly poor. But look, he, he's clearly a guy that, as we always as know, Jose Mourinho really likes him because of the work rate that he puts in. And and again, it was tonight we needed players that were going to go there and um, and press really hard um, and, and not give Ludogretz uh, time on the ball. And of course, that's what we did. So it was all about work rate tonight. It was all about attitude because last week it just wasn't there. And, and Lucas Moura, you know, yes, he might not be the best player, but he's the guy who offers you, certainly offers you work rate. So... You know, in terms of work rate, you couldn't fault that tonight. Um, but there, there was probably moments where you could question his quality. But um, yeah, look, obviously, you know, he's part of our squad now. Um, it, you know, the, I, th- I still think even in a game like that, to have a player of Lucas Moura's quality um, still shows the sign of our, our, our how strong our squad is. So um, yeah, it was it wasn't the best performance overall from Lucas, but. I think his work rate was was something that I was pleased with. That front three for that goal working fairly nicely. You know, lovely bit of play from Bale. Freddie the lovely pass through to Kane, whose low cross was obviously tapped down by Mora. But it does feel, Chris, now if you feel the same, that for me, Europa League is kind of the perfect level for Lucas Mora. Three goals already in the competition. More than he's managed actually in the Premier League in 2020. I'm not doing a disservice, but I do think, you know, this competition is set up very kindly for Lucas Mora as a player. Perfect level of the Europa League. Didn't you watch the Ajax game? Come on. <laughs> listen, of course, listen, of course. He obviously gave us that moment in Ajax, but I know a lot of fans feel, Chris, I don't know if you feel the same, a lot of people feel that he's living off that performance in Ajax. I don't know if you feel the same about that. You know, some people do feel that about Lucas Moura. I think Lucas Moura, um, you know, we spoke about this before. I think he's a great squad player, um, but to be involved with the likes of Harry Kane and Gareth Bale tonight, um, yeah, I completely agree. These games are absolutely perfect for him. Um, he always seems to get a European goal. And, uh, you know, he always gives 110%. I love his work rate. I love his effort. Um, you know, you, you always get, as I say, 110% from him. And uh, when he can chip in with an assist and, 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 and the odd goal here and there, um, then then great. But 
overall, I'm very pleased with him as a squad player for Tottenham. You know, he'll probably play, play half of the half of the games and you know this season in all competitions. But when you've got the amount of games we have, Lucas Moura, you know, could be that game changer to come off the bench and, and get a vital goal. So, you know, a huge part of the squad. He did have an early assist with the corner for Kane's header, his second assist of season. The first also coming in Bulgaria against Plodiv. Could have scored himself in the 26th minute, but was beaten to the ball. But eventually, six minutes later, got his goal. Came off after the hour. What did you make of Lucas Moura's overall contribution? Well, like you say, I mean, he got an assist, uh, which is good. And he also got his goal, which was, by the way, just in case you um, you missed it earlier, I predicted it would score. Um, uh, but he ran around a bit. I mean, he does, he does like to run around a bit, to be fair. Look, I, I, the thing is about Lucas Moura with me is that he just... He, he he's a frustrating player because I think he gets into really good positions and then he he, he trip over the ball um or it'd be it'd be in a real he have a lot of pace right so if he's got some pace and he's going after with the ball and then it, 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 it fall over it or it, or the ball will stay behind him a bit and you just think it's just a little bit frustrating it's a little bit like watching Lamella you know he's got the ability but you know you know Lamella's going to hold on to the ball too long and and miss the pass that he should have done like a second or two seconds before. And I think with Lucas Moore, and I think that's his record, he suggests that. We know he can finish um, because he finished, he scored an amazing hat-trick in a small game in Amsterdam, um, as Chris just referenced. And he scored a brilliant hat-trick actually at home against um, Huddersfield. Uh, and the finishing was outstanding. I know it was Huddersfield, but the, fin the finishing was outstanding. Um, he scored a brace, didn't he, against Manchester United away a couple of seasons ago when we smashed them 3-0. Um, so, you know, he can finish. There's no doubt about that. And I think that for his work rate being in the team, as Chris just said, he, you know, Jamie talked about the kind of, you know, Jose liking him with that, you know, with, with, with that side of things. But he always feels like he hasn't... Obviously, he got a hat-trick in the semi-final, right? So, you know, you, you mentioned people think he's still dying out on that. But does he, does he come off... When he plays 90 minutes or when he plays... You know, he comes off as a, as a sub. Does he come off and everybody always thinking, mate, he has had an amazing game? Like, when was the last time he had an amazing game? And to be fair, it probably was Ajax away. See, it's hard, isn't it, with, with Lamora? Because again, it's that old avish thing. And Chris is there showing us on his screen. He was showing us Lucas Mora celebrating as part of that Champions League win in Ajax. But the problem we've got with that is that, again... It's a sentimental piece that we're living off. You know, we want to see consistent performances week in, week out. And I think, you know, he's won the players this season that I think he's placed under real severe threat. And that's why I said to you, Chris, you know, I do think Europa League for him is probably going to be the perfect stage for him to kind of get a regular run of games and perform. And he's done that. Listen, he's done that. Who knows? He may very well be in the team for the weekend. But we're going to go over a very quick break. When we return, we'll be discussing Hun Min Son's impact, Spurs' failure to keep a clean sheet. The entrance of Pierre-Emile Hoybier and, of course, a look ahead to West Brom at the weekend. Do not go anywhere. We're back after this very, very short break. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey, from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. 
Hello and welcome back to the second half of the last one on Spurs. Thank you ever so much for joining us here. I've got to just say very quickly, I've also... Um, just a massive thank you to all the messages I've received this week on social media with my wife impending with a little one coming very, very soon. As you can see at the moment, there's still no news. The arrival is coming very, very soon. We are awaiting further developments. It could happen at any moment, any time. If it does, the boys are ready to take over. So don't you fear, the boys are here. Let's discuss, lads. Coming around to you, Chris. Spurs, failure to keep a clean sheet because... Again, for Tottenham, you know, an opportunity missed where Ludogorets back in the game. And it's a nice, tidy volley finish from close in. Just what Jose Mourinho wouldn't have wanted. And it was Caseru volleying past Joe Hart after a deflected effort fell to him in his path. I don't know what you thought, Chris, but I thought it was really sleepy defending from Tottenham, who should have really been home and dry at this stage. Yeah, completely agree. Um, Tuning up at half-time, um, Ludogorets hadn't even, even had... A shot on target for the entire first 45 minutes. The defence, uh, you know, had nothing to do in that first half whatsoever. And then, of course, you know, a couple of minutes um, after the second half started, it was sleepy defending. You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, lack of uh, blocking the shot. The ball come over, went over Eric Dyer's head, and then the ball went in the net. And uh, it is frustrating. Um, but as I said earlier, I think that Jose Mourinho will sort this out eventually. And, um, you know, ultimately it's about getting the three points. But keeping clean sheets has been an issue this season. Um, but, you know, also, as I said earlier, I think that things will get better and we will start keeping them. And if we can try and get a, a really good, experienced centre-back in, in the January transfer window, then that would be a huge plus. Very good point. No, I totally agree with you on that. Now, it's funny because Joe Hartley, coming back round to you, to switch back to the first half for a second. Um, one of the favourite moments from that first half was him absolutely shouting, go to the ball, sometimes infused with a load of swear words as well. But, you know, no clean sheet for Joe Hart on the night, beaten by Casero with a close-range volley, had three comfortable saves to make in the second half. Lee, are you comfortable with Joe Hart playing in this competition? We're really happy with Joe being in between the sticks, uh, certainly in this competition. I wouldn't have a problem with him starting in, in some of the Premier League games, to be fair. Um, I think um, I think his distribution is actually really good, um, which is quite ironic, isn't it, really, considering Pep Guardiola virtually sacked him from the team for bad distribution. Maybe it's because we've been used to Hugo Lloris' distribution for a long period of time and Although he's a world-class goalkeeper, his distribution is, uh, is probably the weakest asset. So, yeah, it's good to see Joe in there. I think he throws the ball out, distributes really well. Um, there was a couple of uh, uh, passes, really, in the, in the second half, directly from Joe to Stephen Bergwijn, who was having a touch of, uh, of a Dimitar Berbatov again, if, 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 I, if I could be so bold to say that. He brought the ball down out of the air really, really well. So, like that basketball that Dimitar used to... Used to um, practice with so look I think um I think that Joe in there he, he couldn't do anything about a goal did he to be fair it was actually quite a good finish uh in the end uh, and it was a bit it was quite lucky like you say sleepy defending it, it, it got a deflection from Harry Winks's foot um and it, they got a bit lucky but yeah I mean I, I do think that what's interesting about the defence, you talk about the defending side of things, is that you picked Toby and Dyer. He could have gone with Sanchez, like you said before, um, but uh, he obviously is not trusting him at the moment either. So Toby and Dyer look like they're, uh, certainly in Europe, they're, they're our best pairing. So uh, I can't see him throwing Joe rolling in at the, week, at the weekend, do you? 
I mean, does he does he get does he get a game? I don't know. He well, probably stick to Toby and die. Does the he? problem is, Lee, if he doesn't get the game at the weekend, you think <laughs> when is he going to get a game? Because we've got some real tough games to come, as you know. What we've got on paper, our next six. You know, we've got the likes. I think we've got Chelsea in there. Yeah, it's going to be very very tricky. You know, to give Joe a game if he doesn't play at the weekend. When is his kid going to get a game? Yeah, but no disrespect to Joe Roden. On Sunday, Jose Mourinho has to put his best 11 out. He so has he wouldn't to. be in your team, Chris, Joe Roden, the weekend? Definitely not. It is a must-win game because, um, you know, we talk about mentality on this show every week. And mentally, every single Tottenham Hotspur player on Sunday to be top of the league, no matter how long it's for, even if it right, is just a, for a few hours, a to go top of the league is absolutely huge. And Jose Mourinho saying to his players, you know, we've seen him in the Amazon documentary. You can imagine him in the changing room after that game and saying, look at us, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, top of the league. This is where we want to be. This is where we want to stay. And, you know, mentally, that is absolutely huge on Sunday. So there you go. We'll come on to West Brom a bit later on. So maybe Joe Roden doesn't play against West Brom at the weekend. Jay, let's come round to you just very quickly on Spurs' defending for that goal that was conceded because it was a deflected shot. Goes up and over Eric Dyer, who thought Casero was offside. He wasn't. Fired home from close range. But, I mean, Jay, just to focus on the defending in general, Eric Dyer, you know, back in the team, took on the captain's armband after Kane's half-time exit. Other than that, I think, you know, bit of an error from him, led the line fairly well. Are you confident, Jay, in Eric Dyer's ability or do you still feel at the moment you're uneasy with him long-term in that central defensive role? Yeah, as I said, I've, I've always felt there's kind of a need for a real leader in the, uh, to come in at centre-back. I think we needed one more top, real top central defender that can come in alongside the likes of Alderweireld, uh, Eric Dyer, because they're just, together, they just seem to be, they just need someone that's able to kind of Lead, lead that line. And um, I think Eric Dyer, is, he's another player that Jose Mourinho really likes. And, you know, I'm always a guy that trusts the manager's decisions. And obviously, Jose Mourinho, as I said, he's a big fan of Eric Dyer. So um, I'm maybe not the biggest fan of him in terms of, you know, he, he's always got kind of a mistake in him, as we saw tonight. But um, I think it's, it's a case for me. I'm just backing the manager's decision. And uh, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was I think overall it wasn't it wasn't the worst performance in the world. So um, yeah, I, I'm fine with Eric Dyer at the moment. Lee, what have you made of Matt Doherty over the course of the season so far? Because a player there, I find that at the moment, definitely on social media, there seems to be a split over him. You know, he could have scored only you know a, a chance. Well, he could have scored Spurs' second goal only for his shot from close range to be pushed over by the goalkeeper. Linked up well on a few occasions with Gareth Bale. Picked up a late booking. Doherty, are you are you worried about him at all? Do you think in time he's having to learn a new position as well? He's playing almost like a right wing back as opposed to at Wolves. Yeah. He was a natural <clears throat> right back. Do you think in time he will grow into that role? Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, I think that I don't want to be critical of him, but I I, I, I actually expected more, if I'm honest. I, I expected more from him. I, I think that, you know, you know, we banged the drum in the summer, didn't we, about kind of getting proven Premier League players, proven quality. We were banging that drum. And uh, we were making sure that uh, you know we were you know we were looking at the the Ricardos or you know Dinier's uh, you know to, in terms of fullbacks because they played in the Premier League or the uh, um, uh, you know Danny Ings who obviously has got a really bad injury now so I wish him all the best he's I like him he's a quality player but you know them sorts of, and and Doherty ticked all them boxes didn't he you know because he's been he's been brilliant um, for for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, you know I think he scored a lot of goals and uh, involved in uh, lots of goals pushing really high up. But like you say, he was a, wing, a right wing back. And I think coming in as a right back, he's had to get used to that position. It's quite strange, isn't it? Because 
I, I don't know. You don't really think that that position is too much different, but but actually it is quite different. And the reason why I've been a bit disappointed is probably the wrong word, but I, I suppose just a little bit. Oh man, I want him to do well. Yeah, a little bit underwhelmed. Like it's it's not a massive criticism, but I think where, where the key thing is for me is his crossing ability. I don't see him getting in lots of different crosses. You know, when you see you know that wonderful cross that so um uh Reguilon put in um at the weekend and, and some of the crossing that Serge Aurier has been putting in, you know, actually throughout the season and, and even last season as well. I don't see that 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 is part of um Doherty's game. So he likes to kind of almost go narrow up top uh, and, and get in them boxes and he does make them runs. And I just think maybe with him it's not just him, it's actually his teammates getting used to where he goes. Does that make sense, lad? So it's, it's almost like just, just gelling together. I felt that with um, with Vinicius as well when he come on the second half as well. Like with him, just, you know, there's certain runs that he would make or that he wouldn't make and then balls would go. And it was a little bit, you know, that final ball, if you just practice together. If, you, <clears throat> if Jose knows that he's going to play a team on a Thursday, which is going to be X, Y, and Z. Why don't Why don't you tell him early so that X, Y, and Z can practice on the training field together and do different runs and say, when I drop, you go and vice versa? Because that's what it feels like when you're playing together all of the time. We praise Son and Kane for that telepathic um, mentality that they got between each other. But the only way you get that is you by playing games. And we've said that, you know, all of us have said that and the listeners kind of know that as well, right? So, so when, when you're getting a game here or a game there, like a Vinicius, for example, and he's still finding his feet, or a Doherty is played, sometimes he's played and sometimes he hasn't played, and then he's playing with different personnel, it must be, he hasn't got, a, football's about partnerships, isn't it, all over the pitch. And, and if you haven't got a partner, all that, you know, in, in, in that area, then it's very difficult for you to, you know, like, like a buddy or whatever, it's very difficult for you to, to start to, be that telepathic approach that Son and Kane have got. And I think Doherty's in that kind of mould. I think he will grow. I think he's a quality player. Um, but yeah, I am a little bit uh, not concerned or disappointed. I'm just glad for him more than anything else because I think that he can be brilliant. And he's come from Wolves, made a brilliant move to our football club and he, he hasn't hit the heights maybe where he needs to be. Hopefully, like I say, with a regular run of games, I'm sure he will get, we're going to see his form pick up in time. Ben Davis, to be fair to him, didn't offer too much from an attacking perspective as he sat back and allowed four players to do more of the work. I know Chris is already laughing at me. But listen, six out of ten, mate. Six, six out, out of ten. No, was he six or seven? Like, six, like, I'd, say six, I'd say six. I'd say six. No, seriously, six and a half? Maybe six, six, seven. Maybe. I'd give him a seven. I'll give him a seven. I'll put him up to a seven for you. Toby right. to be fair to him, did anything asked of him at the back? And, you know, was spot on for Spurs on the night. Another good pass from Toby to Bale that goes from Bale to Kane, that goes from Kane to Lucas to put the ball in the back of the net. And it, and it was Toby that started that out of, of, of the back of defence. And again, that's another great ball that, that he, because he, he started the move, didn't he, for, for Gareth Bale's winner against Brighton. So, you know, from a, a, from a centre-back perspective, yeah. yeah, you know, from a centre-back perspective, he does like, to spray them balls out, whether or not it's a diagonal ball. Or, it was yeah. a great ball through the middle today. So, fair play to Toby on that. He's coming back into form, isn't he, Toby? I don't know certain doubts over his, you know, pace, and I know that's still a worry. But at the moment, I think it's Alderweireld plus whoever you fancy next to him. That's a definitive. Jay, coming around to you, we saw Hummin Son replace Lucas Moura, and his first touch was a pass for Celso to score Spurs' his third. What an impact from Hummin Son. Incredibly, just 17 seconds on the pitch, and he gets an assist. I mean, what did you make of it? Um, yeah, no, again, it was, it was, I think it was frustrating that lights of Son had to come on tonight. Um, you feel as though 
should be other players in the squad that should be capable of stepping up. But no, it was it was a nice performance from Son. Of course, he came off and was very unselfish in terms of um, playing the ball to um, for that for the third goal. Um, so yeah, it was you know it was a, it was a, a professional job from from Shingman Son. Of course, he again he brought a lot of energy to the team. But um, I think for me the most frustrating thing was that. Um, there was another players that weren't able to step up in his place. As I said, I would have hoped that, obviously, with the international break coming up, and of course, Sonny's been called up for the South Korean team, so he's going to get lots of game time. And then, of course, after that, we've got lots of big games. So you kind of don't really want him to be having to get involved in these games. So uh, I think from uh, the squad perspective, it was frustrating. The likes of Deli Ali weren't able to step up tonight and, and come on. Um, so that, 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 for me, is a frustration at the moment. That's fair. I mean, that is fair. I mean, what I did like about Sondo, how unselfish he was for Lascelles had to tap home that goal. And I've got to say, Chris, coming around to you, it was great work from Hoybier to win the ball so high up to actually start that move for Tottenham. But I mean, Hummin Son, you know, he glorified us what an incredible player he is. He's now been involved in 15 goals in 12 games for Tottenham this season. 10 goals, 5 assists. His fifth assist of the seasons came just in 17 seconds of that game, as we mentioned. I mean, Chris, at the moment, Son has been such a pivotal part for Spurs, and we hope that contract extension is getting closer and closer to being signed. Unbelievable player, yeah, definitely one of my favourites. Um, you know, whenever he's got the ball, you're expecting a goal now, you're expecting an assist. And I don't even think uh, many Spurs fans actually uh, saw Hunmin Son come on. And then the ball suddenly fell to him, and uh, as you say, he's laid it across. The Celso's put the ball in the net, but 17 seconds to get an assist. And I think that is why Jose Mourinho are using these players, because he knows who he can rely on. He knows who are going to deliver the goods. And Hunmin Son does it time and time again. And just going back on the point of, um, you know, players getting game time. You know, we have said in the whole time under Mauricio Pochettino, and I absolutely love Pochettino, as you all know. Um, but in cup competitions, Pochettino was always worrying about that next game. Always team selection was always based on the next game. Jose Mourinho will always choose his best 11. He will always choose the, the, the players to win and take the players to win. And that's what I said earlier of, of that bench. You know, he could have put, you know, he could have taken a whole load of kids and, and put them on. And then we'd all be moaning saying, oh, my God, we've got a draw out in Bulgaria or we've lost one nil in Bulgaria. It's all about getting the job done and taking the players who are going to get that job done. And Hunmin Son is definitely a part of that. Son's form at the moment is quite formidable. Another player, like I say, that was a real impact in that game was Giovanni Lo Celso, of course, on the score sheet for Spurs. He played and came a clever through ball in the first half, really industrious, set out Vinicius for a big chance early in that second half, got the goal he deserved on the hour mark with a tap-in. What do you make, Lee, of Lo Celso? Because, again, Mourinho's comments after the game suggest that he could do more. Was you surprised by that? I mean, what do you make of Lo Celso? A little bit surprised. I mean, I think that last year he came into his own a little bit, didn't he? And he, he started, I think the game that I really remember, I think it was um, obviously before, you know, the pandemic hit home and the lockdown happened, was against Southampton when he, he took the ball, he took the game by the scruff of the neck, didn't he? He just started running the game. I think he had a good game against Norwich, although that ill-fated Norwich game in the end. Um, uh, we, I think actually, I think it was a league game before we, we went out to him in the cup. And, and he started to run the game and get the ball down and start running at people and you know and, and he played he played some really good stuff and then even after even after lockdown or project restart he played some good stuff so maybe Joe says a little bit frustrated with him this season because it's been a bit bitty 
Do you know what I mean? It's like he's he's started games and then he hasn't, he hasn't been fit enough. And it's got like, again, like the lamellas about it a little bit. Like, yeah, you play a couple of good games and then you're off for, 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 for a game or, or whatever. I mean, we did see in the Amazon documentary that he said, you can rely on me, didn't you? Do you remember that? He, he was injured or he was getting a massage. Or he said, you can rely on me, boss. I'm here. I'm ready. So I don't think it's an attitude thing, but maybe he just needs to step up a bit. Again, what you've got to remember is that Jose is, in a way that Pochettino used to squeeze every ounce out of, of the players in a different type of way by putting your arm around them and making part of the family and that sort of stuff. Jose's squeezing every ounce out of them, you know, from a from a pushing and perspective and a driving and perspective. So, um, you know, I, I expect that from Jose. That, that's why, as Chris said earlier, he's a serial winner and, that, and that's why probably he, he is a, you know, he is the way that he is with his players to really try and get as much out of them as possible, challenge them, get them better. Are you resting in the laurels or can you go give me an extra five, an extra eight, an extra 10%? Not, not, and when I'm talking about that, I'm not talking about like just in the game, I'm not talking about just in energy. I'm talking about an extra 10% overall. Can you go up another level? Can you get to the next level? Do you remember in your Amazon documentary and Kane went into his office and he talked to him about, he wanting to be like Ronaldo and Messi and Joseph said, I'll get you there. Do you remember that? I'll get you to superstar status. That's what he's trying to do with all of his players. He's challenging the likes of Ndombele um, and Ndombele's come good. He's challenging the likes of Deli Alley now and, and that hasn't um, uh, come to, to a head yet, whichever way that might go. And again, he's challenging the players like Steven Bergvine and also now like Gio, Gio uh, Lo Celso. So I, I, think, I think that people need to remember that it is a mentality shift and we're so used to just kind of making do or just having a good game. But that ain't good enough for Jose. Jose wants freaking winning all the time and that can only be a good thing for our football club, can't it, Rick? I absolutely totally agree with you, Lee. I think you're absolutely spot on. I think with Jose, more than any other manager we've had, he will not settle for less than the best. And that's why he's won what he's won in the game. I mean, Jay, let's get your thoughts on it because his comments after the game on the Celso was good with the ball, not good without the ball. He's not in good physical condition. His preparation has been up and down. He's coming now step by step. I feel when he plays, he's not the geo that we know. We know he can be an amazing player. What he does with the ball, we know. But we know he needs more intensity and better in transitions. He played for an hour. It was a good training session, let's say, for his match fitness. Do you think he's looking for a response from the Celso now? What, what's gonna gonna trigger out of this for you? I think he's really frustrated at the moment because we know that Celso is such a talented player and he's going to be really important for us this year. He's kind of come in and he has been that Ericsson replacement, but the, the issue has been for him has been a lack of consistency. He's not been able to perform consistently. Now, of course, that that's obviously down to injuries, and then when he's come back, he's taken time to get fit. So. Um, you know, it's it's just that frustration that he can't seem to stay fit and then have a run in the side. So um, that's hot, something that I'd, you know, love to see if we can keep a Giovanni Lo Celso fit for the whole season. As we said, we always want to see that midfield of Ndombele and um, Lo Celso. So it's just about seeing whether they can stay fit. But that that really has been the frustration with, with the Celso, um, not being able to see him can perform consistently at Spurs. So, you know, fingers crossed, um, that's, that's something that he can try and work on and improve. Now, we did see after that Spurs make their fourth change, Gareth Bale, who put in his best display since returning to the club, was replaced by Steven Bergvine, who almost scored instantly after coming on, but a drilled low shot wide, had another shot with 40 minutes to go, bright, but as we've said on this show, lacking the end product. Spurs' final change was Ndombele for Lo Celso, who came on for 20 minutes, Ndombele held up the ball, drew in plenty of fouls. Obviously, what we did see 
is those changes mean that another difficult night for Deli Alley, who didn't get a single minute in action. Mourinho said on the players that are trying to impress him, you are speaking about top players, Tottenham players, Premier League players. I always expect the maximum, so I'm always demanding more. There are players who are quite clearly, by the way, by the way they perform, who give no chance to others to get in their position. And people who aren't playing regularly must feel that every minute is a chance to prove and to enjoy it and give their maximum. Now, obviously, Delhi not getting that opportunity. We've done so much on Delhi on this show. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a couple of listener questions here that we've got. And we've got a question here from Ryan Madden, who says, with the squad we have, does Delhi even make a B team we could field? With a midfield of Hoybier and Dombele, Lo Celso, Sissoko, Winks and presumably Lamella as behind the striker, where does he fit in? Aside, I don't want him to leave. I love Delhi. I want him back to his best. But Lee, just quickly on Delhi, just to get it out of the way, is the writing on the wall for him now? By the token fact that he hasn't even featured in this game whatsoever. It's looking, it's looking ominous, isn't it? To be fair, I mean, I, I, I look, I, I back him all day long, as I always have. But you can't back someone who's not on the team anymore because you can't. He's not playing. Um, he must be scratching his head. Um, I, I can only, I can only make the comparison to Tungo and Dembele, and there was, there was absolutely, uh, you know, a call if you like last year uh, for Tungo and Dembele to leave. People was going to uh, like, sack him off. Yeah, it's exactly the same with Musa Sissoko, um, 30 million transfer. People was like, he's what is he doing at our football club? This, that, and the other. I think the major difference with Deli Ali is that, as we've said loads of times on this show before, that he's already proven. Um, you know, his goal record speaks for itself, his assist record speaks for itself. He's only 24, and you know, for, to me, you know, he is a superstar, um, and, and he's lost his way. And, and I think that. I said this phrase probably a couple of months ago, and I have to I have to repeat it and say it again. There's only one man that is going to be able to turn around Deli Alley, and that is Deli Alley. That's it. Look in the mirror and 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 have it. And and he he must be not impressing Jose enough in training, or, or if he is, Jose's not letting him know it yet because he's still pushing him to make it even better. Now. We know that Jose did that with Tungai and Dembele. We know he did. Um, and Tungai now, you could argue, is is probably on the team sheet every Premier League game. You you would probably suggest if he's fit. So I still think there's hope for Delhi because your question was, is he finished? I still think there's hope for Delhi, but it's really up to Delhi now. It's up to Delhi what he wants. And I think that is completely clear from Mourinho. He is basically saying, impress me in training. And when you come on, impress me, because if you don't, you're not going to play. And and that's very difficult, but but we all go through difficult times, and this will make Delhi a better player, and hopefully it'll make him better for us. But if it isn't, if he doesn't play from now until January, I can see Delhi putting in a transfer request. I don't want to do too much on Delhi Ali because again, I'm concerned. That, you know, the amount of airtime we give a player that isn't featuring. You know, nothing really is changing week upon week. So I want to come round and ask you, Jamie, about Harry Winks. Now I know Chris is very keen to give his opinion on Winks. I want to come round to Chris shortly. But just on Harry Winks for you, Jay, I must make this point because Chris said it earlier. He did play a terrific ball over the top in two minutes to set up Harry Kane for the striker to only fire over. There was much more progressiveness in his play in that first half. And although he would have wanted to get the better block on Tegapetti's shot that went under his foot to fall for Caseru to score, again, Jay, you know, performance-wise for Winks, I still would expect more. Am I being harsh to say that? 
Yeah, uh, no, I thought I thought tonight he did okay. Actually, um, I think that there was is, some is okay that good enough, him. Jay? This is the thing now. You know, we, we're sitting well, here saying we've you know we've just criticised the Celso. Mourinho's just come out and criticised the Celso and said, you know, performance-wise, we expect more from him. If we're looking at that section there, and we're going to put it on Winks as well, is okay enough now for Tottenham? I think in a competition like the league in these sort of games I think he's a guy that you can have in the squad I wouldn't say he's a guy that you go and put in a, a tough game like against West Brom on the weekend you wouldn't have him in that sort of team but it's important to have these players who can go and do a job like tonight I thought he was tonight he went in and he kind of took his opportunity and so I would be more than happy to have him in next Thursday and, and that's what we need we need players that maybe aren't going to get into the Premier League squad that, but are going to be able to do a, a job for us tonight like in the Europa League and um, that gives Tongi and Dombele the chance to rest. That gave uh, Pierre-Emil Hoybier a chance to rest. So I think having players like Winks in the squad, yes, as I said, maybe won't get in our strongest eleven, but he did a job tonight and I thought that he did okay tonight. So, yeah, I think it was it was an important player to have in the squad. We've had a few questions on Winks, so we're going to fill these off to the guys. Let's come around to you, Chris, on this one. This is again from Matt Martin, who started the show for us. He says, Hoybier has become such an important part of our team can Winks learn from him and develop his game, or should we just cash in and replace him with Skip in the summer? I think any midfielder can learn from Pierre Mourbier. I, I said last week that <laughs> I, I think you're gonna that... Say, I thought you were going to say, I think any midfielder would be better than Harry Winks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No offence no, to Winks think, here, of course. I think anyone can learn from Pierre Mourbier. I tell you, I said last week that I think that he will walk through brick walls for any team that he is playing for. And, I, and I've said before as well that I think he's going to be a future captain at Tottenham. You know, he's been a real leader. You know, someone that we have really, really been missing, that, that missing piece of the jigsaw. I, I think Hoybier has been absolutely fantastic so far this season. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. But Harry Winks, as Jamie just said, you know, he's an excellent squad player. Um, you know, not someone that you'd be um, starting Premier League games at the moment. But that is what the Europa League is all about, giving players opportunity and they've got to take it. Now, if you think last week, a very poor performance, as Lee said, you know, everyone was way below par um, last week against Antwerp. But, you know, 90 seconds gone in the game today, he floats a, a great ball over to Harry Kane. Harry Kane obviously uh, missed the opportunity, you know, unbelievably. But, you know, Jose Mourinho wanted to see a positive reaction from players, including players like Harry Winks. And I believe that he gave that positive reaction tonight. You know, you, you may say, well, it was an average performance. Well, it was a lot better than last week. And where Jose Mourinho is pushing players constantly, you know, all of us Tottenham fans, no matter who we are, where we watch the games or how we watch the games, we are always critical of Tottenham Hotspur players. And we always want our manager to demand 110%. And I love that. In, in our manager because he is he is accepting nothing less than 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 the best and when you're ex when you're demanding that it's going to bring trophies it really is and that is why Jose Mourinho has won so many trophies because his demands his expectation is so high and let's face it all of us fans our expectation is high we haven't won a trophy since 2008 and every year we tell ourselves you know this could be the year well, let's hope it is because the expectation is high. The demand is high from both us fans and the manager. So, you know, let's hope that the, uh, you know, every single Tottenham player give their all. 
Lee, let's come around to you and Harry Winks. Again, just going to read some of these questions out. I want to get your thoughts on them. This is from Mark Jarrett at Mark Jarrett Thames, who said, Winks has been receiving a lot of flack recently on the pod, and yet tonight he had a great game, actually passing forward. What did the panel think of his performance, and does he have a future at Spurs? And that's also followed up by Scott at Babbles4601, who said, against a very average team, Winks managed to lose the ball on countless occasions in that second half after looking good in the first half. Does he have a future, Lee, at this football club? Harry Winks. Think that no sooner have we got a really good, you know, squad in terms of a good player in every position, and obviously Ben Davis is six out of ten. You, you've got to, you've got to look at, you know, selling them, haven't you? You know, as soon as we get a decent enough squad, you've got to start selling players. So, yeah, I know he does have a, a future, and I think that, you know, in the same, in the same way that Deli Ali has lost his way a little bit, in the same way that Giovanni Lo Celso is getting a bit of, you know, criticism to, to, to get up to the top level, and in, in the same way that Tungo Ndombele took a year to settle, Harry Winks is going through a bit of a, you know, an unsettling period. And I, I actually think Chris made a really good point, not necessarily a minute ago, but last week. <laughs> no, I'm joking, Chris. I, I think you make a really good point last week, Chris, on the pod, when you said about, or, or actually it might have been Jamie, to be fair, when you said about, do, does he know uh, do, do, sorry, Chris. Does he know his best position? Now, you've got to remember, he wears number was, eight on his back. That... <laughs> it, was, it was actually you, was it, Rick? <laughs> right, my, my, you, my well, you covered the houses. Way. Yeah, I've covered I, I was one of us lot. Um, but he wears number eight on his back, right? And, you know, I know that doesn't make, make a difference. But when he first came into the side, people were raving about him. I remember one of our own, Jason McGovern, saying... Let him just settle in. Let him just have a few games before you start, you know, picking him for England and this, that and the other. I think he had like nine games or something. And all of a sudden, he's getting in the England squad. Uh, he plays brilliantly against uh, Real Madrid. He plays brilliantly against Barcelona. He has some fantastic games. So so we know he's got it in him. But was he playing a different position back then? And, and we talked about him, you know, again, heavily last week on the pod. But he's not, he doesn't do the sexy bit of football. Like, he's not into peak clean sheets, right? He's not in to score goals and he's not in to, you know, provide assists. So what does he get credit for? And like I think I said a couple of weeks ago on a pod, if he's in your fantasy football league, you don't get you any points because he's not a player that you pick. So so what does he do? And and then if you put that on top of, is he a number eight? Is he a number six? Is he a holding midfield player? What what actually is he? I think they need that needs to be sorted out. So totally agree. yes, I think he's got a yeah. look. I, I think he's got a future at a football club. He's he's um uh he's got some talent. Is it is he is he Kevin De Bruyne? No, but is he um you know is he is he good for to play for Tottenham Hotspur? Yeah, he is. And 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 like Jamie said, if, if it's a Premier League game at West Brom or if it's a Europa League game, it doesn't matter what game it is good enough to play for Tottenham Hotspur and stop being so um, what's the word I'm looking for so spoiled you know at the end of the day you know two seasons ago he's in the Champions League's final playing he's our, he's, he's our, he's our, he's our midfielder in the Champions League final and now all of a sudden we want to sell him because we bought Hoiber why well, can't we just let Winks play along, alongside him I just quite frankly, Lee, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I think like you said earlier, Lee, no, I, I agree with what you said earlier, Lee, though. you mentioned the point they've got to be good enough. And I just wonder now, because of the level where Tottenham are going now, I just think Winks has fallen below that level. And that's no disrespect. No, that's fair. No, yeah. and, that's, and that's fair. And look, mm. and, that's, and that's natural, isn't it? Of that course is it's a natural evolution of the team. Exactly. Yeah. And actually, you know, the whole standard is going up. And if exactly. you can't stay, if you can't keep with a standard, then 
fair, fair enough. You've got to move yep. on. But yep. I, I do, I do think that he's got the ability and the desire and the attitude to want to get better up That's to it. the levels that he needs to be. That I agree but upon. Yeah, stuff like that doesn't happen overnight. So yep. he's, he's how many? Here's a stat for you. If anybody knows this, this would be amazing. I don't know where the blue book's gone. How many games has Harry Winks played? Ninety minutes alongside uh, Pierre Emil Holber. How say, many? How many? I'd say zero. So, so, so we're, yep. we're sitting there going, he's going to learn a lot from Hoy, but he can't learn that much, can he? If he ain't freaking playing with him, <laughs> no, he's playing Sissoko with him. So, uh, again, there's a, there's, a, there's a few layers, yeah. isn't there? There's a yeah. few layers that how he needs to do mm. to get up to that level. And, you know, you've got to give him a chance. I, th- I think, though, Lee, as Crackers said on the on the show the other day, you know, he's like the dustman. He's clearing up everything. You know, <laughs> exactly. He, and, and when you can com- compare... You know, when you have a player like Pierre Mouhoibier, who's a real leader and just clears everything up, yeah. he's instantly going to be seen as a much, much better than Harry Winks. That 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 but, is that yeah, is probably Harry Winks' problem at the moment, where a midfielder has come in and he's clearing everything up. You know, he's playing very, very well. He's looking like a leader on the pitch, and uh, you know, Harry Winks could learn all of those uh, bits of you know of his game. Yeah, well, no, I and I think, and I, but I think he will be though, Chris, won't he? But you've got to give him time to learn it. You can't just, you know, like, like we just said, he's played one ninety-minute game with him. So you know, you've got to give him some sort of chance. People calling for his head or get the guillotine down on his neck. Oh yeah, see like how he the, wins. The problem with Jose, early, the problem with Jose, leader. I don't know if he's going to get that time because Jose's about the here and now, as you said often on this show as well. He's all about the right now, isn't he? No, 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 no. He is again, and that's where it's a balance. Look at the mm. end of the day. People asking my or asking the show, I have opinion. Yep. Do we think he's got an opinion? My opinion is, I think he's got a future because I think he will. He, you know, I, I say, has he been given a chance? He has been given a chance. He's not being frozen out like Delhi, is he? No, exactly. Like he's obviously doing some stuff. He's played a lot and, of games. Like Chris has said, he's given a reaction tonight. He has given a, a performance of he some all, kind, and he started he, he, all three Europa League games in the um, in the group stages so far. So Jose Mourinho clearly trusts him and clearly wants him as part of the squad. Yeah, and, and he will get time if if he's shown if he's shown the right stuff in training and he's shown the right attitude, then he will get opportunities. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I don't I, I think that he will be given a definitely be given a chance to kind of learn and, and show that he's he's capable of getting back to where he needs to be. Because I think another point as well is he doesn't really get a run of consistent game time, and, and that can be very difficult to learn when you're not consistently in the team. That can be very difficult when you're you know stop start all the time. That's very difficult to get any sort of consistency. So. In that sort of respect, I do feel a bit sorry for him. Yeah. Now, as always, these segments seem to take up a lot of the time. So I've got to quickly mention, Musa Sissoko, always comfortable in the middle of that pitch. And he's one of those players at the moment for Jose Mourinho, very much favoured to be in any midfield pair. And Sissoko is always in there. As Chris mentioned, Pierre-Emile Hoybier made a vital interception and passed to start the move for Spurs' third goal. As always, brought energy to the second half and defensive screening. Gareth Bale, we have not even mentioned Gareth yet. We'll mention him in the West Brom preview in a second. Looked much more confident after his weekend winner. Played in came a lovely weighted ball in the build-up to Spurs' second goal. Had a header saved by the goalkeeper in the first half. Another decent 64 minutes of football in his legs and looked good. Another 45 also for Carlos Vinicius. Skyed an opportunity you know, when he came on. Worked hard, but his quality was sorely lacking in the final third. 
And this, to be honest with you, in terms of Vinicius, was his least promising performance so far. But we hope we're on a games. That's going to come. We are going to go for a very quick break. And taking you into this break, we're delighted to be joined by Jim from the Albion in Isolation, a West Bromwich Albion podcast. And also the guys over at the Boeing podcast, giving us their views, their thoughts, opinions, predictions, analysis ahead of West Brom to come against Tottenham Hotspur at the weekend. And then following those guys, we will be returning... Giving giving you our thoughts and predictions ahead of the game to come against West Bromwich Albion in the Premier League. Jose, congratulations. What were your thoughts on the performance this evening? Uh, good enough to win. Um, game under control since the beginning. Good ambition in the beginning. Uh, eating the post, creating situations, scoring two goals. The first half was, was a solid performance. Second half, we, we gave the opportunity for them to, to score a goal. Uh, Slow defensive transition, not complete commitment in that moment of the ball lost. But after that, again, a positive reaction to score a, a goal that gave us a comfortable result and three points that we need. I need to ask you about Harry Kane. Obviously, 300 matches for Spurs and 200 goals. Fantastic numbers. I don't need to speak because the numbers, they speak for, uh, for itself. How important was it to win tonight after what happened last week? Yeah, we couldn't lose two matches. We couldn't go with three points to the last three matches uh, because then these matches would become knockout matches almost. So in this moment, six points, two matches at home. Um, I think we have to do we have to do the job and and qualify, of course. Harry, congratulations! Three hundred games, two hundred goals for Spurs. Great numbers. You must be really happy tonight. Yeah, no, uh, delighted with that, of course. Uh, delighted with the three points first and foremost. Uh, probably could have scored a couple more in that 45 minutes, but uh, that's the way it goes. So, uh, no, a great milestone to reach, uh, but hopefully a few more to come. You say first and foremost, obviously the game. It was important for us to win tonight after last week, wasn't it? Yeah, we had to bounce back. Um, I don't think it was our greatest performance tonight. Um, but look, we've got the job done. It's never easy coming away from home in Europe, uh, as last week showed. So, um, yeah, we put ourselves in a nice position. Obviously, after the international break, uh, we played these again at home. So uh, if we win the next couple, it should be enough to, to get through. It was important to start well tonight, wasn't it? And you got us in front and then obviously able to build from there. Yeah, no, these games, uh, obviously the longer it goes on without scoring, it gets more and more difficult as they uh, try and close the game out. But um, yeah, we've got two goals, obviously, in the first half. I think disappointing to concede the one in the second half. But um, yeah, thankfully we got the third and, and from there we kind of saw the game out. Just going back to those numbers, 200 goals, Harry, that's phenomenal. Remember your first one in this competition against Shamrock Rovers, a long, obviously, time since then, but a good milestone to reach for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, time goes so quick, you know, it feels like yesterday I was throwing that, that first goal for Spurs. So, uh, no, like I said, it's a great achievement to, to reach 200 goals. Um, but for sure, hopefully there's a, a few more left. So, um, let's keep them coming. Are you aware of the records looming? I think you're eight away from Bobby Smith now and second in our all-time goal-scoring list. Is that something that's on your mind as you go through the season? No, it's not on my mind. I think it's something that you guys, let, you, you'll let me know uh, once I pass that. So, uh, no, no, these are all great things. I always say kind of, it's hard to take them in whilst you're playing. I think once you finish your career, you kind of take it all in. But, um, yeah, like I said, just got to keep on going. Keep winning games as a team uh, and we'll be all right. Hello, everyone. 
This is Tom from the Albany in Isolation podcast. I hope you're all well. Um, I've been invited by The Last Word on Spurs to provide a bit of a preview to this weekend's game between uh, West Bromwich Albion and Spurs. So just start off, I guess, by just discussing uh, expected formations and starting lineups. So uh, I wouldn't expect the, the formation to change uh, from the past few weeks. So we tend to play at a 1 4 2 3 1 kind of formation. Um, however, uh, after our last performance uh, against Fulham, where uh, we were quite poor throughout the game, I would expect uh, maybe some of the personnel to change. So, regards to the starting lineup, um, it's a potential for Dara Roche to be brought in at right back um, against Fulham. Um, Furlong was isolated quite a few times and overloaded, um, and he kind of struggled defensively. So, I wouldn't be surprised if O'Shea gets brought in at right back. Uh, left back, Potential for Kieran Gibbs to be brought back in. Uh, Connor Townsend's actually been playing quite well. However, I guess with us not doing very well at the moment, down the bottom of the table, uh, Kieran Gibbs' experience and quality could be quite invaluable. And then I guess that the next big question is to is what happens with Pereira and where Pereira plays. So Bilic tends to play him as a, a right winger uh, who cuts in like an inverted winger onto his left foot. Um, kind of a few issues there is he's not as effective as he's in the number 10 role but also as well um, when when we lose the ball uh, in transition we kind of get exploited down that down our right hand side so he may kind of look to bring in uh, either Callum Robinson or, or Kyle Edwards as a right winger just to provide a bit more balance and shape um, which will allow Pereira to go inside I guess it then depends on who, who he takes out so uh, in the second half against Brighton, we actually played quite well when Jake Livermore came off the pitch and Kovinovic dropped in next to Conor Gallagher. Um, I guess they provided a little bit more energy, a bit more dynamic with our movement um, and the shape was a little bit better. Issue with taking Livermore out is he's the, he's the club captain, but also you remove him and you remove any kind of physicality in the middle uh, and potentially against Ndombele and uh, Sissoko, uh, we could get over overpowered through the middle. So the other option is to take out Kovinovic um, and Pereira can just go in at number 10 and, and Kovinovic starts on the bench. Um, that, that's a potential option. I do actually write Kovinovic in that number 10 role because he does get in, in between the lines well, uh, combines and links up pretty well too. Tactically, uh, it's quite clear that Spurs are very, very dangerous going forward. The front three, so whether who they play um always looking to get in behind and that's where they trouble opposition teams um, kind of exploiting that space in behind with the pace so that's something that we need to be uh, very wary of so whether we kind of uh, minimise that space and drop really deep so you can't really get in behind very well or whether it's a case of we're just in positions where if the ball does go behind we're covering um, making sure that we're not overloaded in areas Um, I guess when we when we have the ball in attack, I think the area where we may get the most joy against Tottenham would be down your right hand side. Um, so the right back, whether it be Doherty or Serge Aurier, defensively they both can struggle one v one defensively uh, and and get into the wrong defensive positions at times. Especially with a player like Grady and Garner, who's a very skillful and tricky winger. If we can isolate him in out wide in 1v1 areas he can cause a lot of problems um, get the ball into the box hopefully uh, Carl and Grant who's a great finisher hopefully he can get on the end of a couple and get a, get a few chances but I think ultimately after our last game against Fulham um, 
one thing or a few things that we really need to focus on and the basics are just simple um, make sure that we've got a good attitude and we're working hard with the ball without the ball and just a little bit of belief I think at times we've shown that we can match it in the Premier League uh, we played well for 25 minutes away at Everton um, uh, uh, so I think it's quite clearly obvious that we can play at this level we just need to have the belief that we can uh, so hopefully kind of that, that helps out with regards to predictions uh, it's quite a funny league actually this season um a lot of teams kind of beating each other uh, anyone can beat anybody uh, except the albion i don't think it looks like we can't beat anybody at the moment but hopefully that will change uh, i actually fancy uh, a draw against tottenham um the chelsea game when west brom drew 3-3 i actually predicted a 2-2 draw before the game uh, and i'm going to go for a 2-2 again so both teams to score goals galore um, just to finish off as well, uh, on the Albion and Isolation podcast, we're all for kind of quizzes and uh, stats. So I just wanted to just um, mention a couple of key players or managers who have either played for Albion and played for Spurs or, or managed and played. So obviously, Rule Fox was at Spurs uh, for quite a few years. He came to the Albion towards the end of his career uh, and he was uh, part of our promotion winning team uh, in 2002. Massive shout out to um, Ozzy Ardiles, who was at Spurs for 10 years from 78 to 88. Ended up coming along to West Brom as a manager. Um, played some great football. It was actually my first season following the Albion in 1993 uh, when we won uh, the playoff final against Port Vale. And also a shout out to Martin Yoll, who uh, played for the Albion for a couple of years in the early 80s before managing Spurs um, in 2004-2007 so yeah big shout out to to those three um, yeah thanks for having me on and good luck to both teams hey guys thanks for having me on the show I'm really looking forward to the game against Spurs it hasn't been an easy start for us you know it's seven games in now still yet to pick up a victory with our most recent game probably being the most disappointing a 2-0 loss away at Fulham where we never looked like scoring going into the game against Spurs it you know, it's effectively become a bit of a free hit for West Brom. You look at the fixtures we've got coming up. We play Manchester United shortly after yourselves. They're games where you're not expected to get anything. And very quickly, we can be cut adrift towards the bottom of the table. I think, you know, looking at the game, how the West Brom approach it, do you take it as a free hit and try and take the game to Spurs like we did to Chelsea? earlier in the season when we came away with a 3-3 draw after being 3-0 up in that game or will we look to shut up shop? I think it'll probably be the latter. I think Billich may be on borrowed time and a favourable result for Spurs may actually see the end of Slavin Bilic as West Bromwich Albion manager but going into the game you know there's not a lot of depth. You look at the line up from the last game, I think the full backs were poor and the midfield never really got hold of the game and it's not gonna be an easy game against Spurs. I think the likes of Kieran Gibbs and maybe the experience of Sawyers in that West Bromwich Albion team may come back in and look to shore up and build from the back a little bit more. Dean Garner and Pereira probably our two best players on paper, the two players that can probably hurt any team in the league started the season so brightly but have soon faded away and they're struggling to get into games now being played out on the wings they're getting marked out of the games I think those two are the key especially against the big teams of being able to unlock defences and getting on the ball and driving at better teams and making them 
sit back for a little bit, which is what we did against Chelsea in that fantastic first half we had against them. Up front, I think it'll be Carlin Grant, but Callum Robinson has been pushing for a start. I think he'll keep the three in midfield. He may look at going two up top and a, a bog-standard 4-4-2, but obviously we have to be wary of what Spurs are bringing to the table. You know, you've been in fine form, scoring lots of goals with some really good results as well. You've got, you know, your two best players, arguably, in Son and Kane on absolute fire, and you're becoming a real match for any team in the league. 18 goals this season is the most in the league by yourselves, and then on the flip side of that, West Bromwich Albion have conceded 16 goals, which is the most in the league. So I think it only points towards one result in the game. How can West Bromwich Albion beat Tottenham, score first and then probably look to shut up shop would be the best way of doing it. I think the first goal, the first 20 minutes is key in this game. You look at you know, how well Spurs have done in patches this season, really blitzing teams and I think Albion have got to start brightly. They can't be scared of Spurs, but obviously you're one of the better teams in the league. And the only time we've played a traditional top six team this season is Chelsea, where we scored three goals. So maybe we are better suited to playing against the the teams that like to have more of the ball and will attack us a little bit more often. But confidence will be really low after the defeat against Fulham. I think Bilic can't go with the same eleven again. If he does, he will be on even more borrowed time than he already is, but really looking forward to the game. Obviously, you know, you look for the fixtures against the top teams, being a West Bromwich Albion fan in the Premier League. We know it's going to be tough, but I think it'll be a a really entertaining game. I can actually see it being quite open end-to-end. I'm not saying you can easily get at Spurs, but I think, you know, if Albion start brightly, maybe nick the first goal, may just throw the cat amongst the pigeons. I think it'll be... A victory for Spurs, though, in the end. But I think there will be a lot of goals in it. I can see a 4-1 victory for Tottenham. But, yeah, really looking forward to the game. And thanks for having me on the podcast. Hello there, and welcome back to the final segment of The Last Word on Spurs. Now, we're looking ahead to West Brom at the weekend. I know what you're thinking. Typical 1-1 draw. We're not having that here on The Last Word on Spurs. We're not talking about (laughs) 1-1s on The Last Word on Spurs here about West Brom. We want to talk about a Tottenham win. And, Jam, I'm going to start with you because West Brom... I had to put knockers on this. They have yet to taste a victory in the league since securing promotion and are odds on for a quick return to the championship. They've battled hard so far for draws against Chelsea, Burnley and Brighton. But Monday's 2-0 loss to fellow new boys Fulham was a real damaging blow for them. There's already speculation over Slaven Bilic's future. How do you think mm. they're going to head into this game, Jay? Yeah, look, obviously they're going to be another team that's going to be very difficult to break down. You know, we know we've played against teams like Burnley. I think it's going to be a similar game to that where they're going to be very compact. They're going to sit deep. Um, And Spurs have shown in the past that they've struggled against those sort of teams. You know, we saw the way we struggled to break down uh, Burnley. So for me, I'd like to see us go there and, and hopefully give a better account of ourselves. I thought against Burnley, it was a disappointing performance. I think we did kind we did try to justify it a bit, but you look at Burnley's form, they've got one point this season. You know, that's a team that we should have been comprehensively beating. We saw Chelsea go and beat them. So I think for Spurs, they've got to go and put in a much better performance against West Bromwich Albion. And I want to see us win comfortably. It's a game we, you know, if we are serious about finishing the top four or title challenges, then we've got to go and convince them, uh, you know, really emphatically beat West Brom on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I'm very confident for the game, though. 
Lee, coming around to you, when West Brom lost 2 to Fulham at the start of the week, it was only the latest sign that it's going to be a very, very long season at the Hawthorns. And to be fair, you know, West Brom, they have got some very good individual players in that squad, but they're finding it very, very hard to adapt to life back in the Premier League. What have you made of them so far? And what kind of threat do you reckon they'll pose for us at the weekend? None. None. No threat. <laughs> Gen- no, careful. honestly. They don't, don't score. Do they don't, no, don't do a John Winner. Don't do a John Winner. I'm doing a bit of John from Lily White Rose. They, they don't score. They, they've scored six goals in seven football matches in the Premier League and three of them were against Chelsea. So three of them was in one game. But So that, that means they've scored three goals in six other games. It's, that's absolutely woeful. Um, they, 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 haven't, they haven't won a, a, a Premier League match, as you've just said. Um, they've drawn three and lost four. Um, they've let in 16 goals uh, in, in them seven matches. Um, and they've, in their last five matches is horrendous. They ain't got a win on the board at all. So yeah, I just don't think there's anything for us to fear. Yes, they're a tough game. Like, they're all tough games in the Premier League. No offence, they are. You, you go anywhere, it's a tough game. Our away record is absolutely perfect in the Premier League. We're scoring goals for fun. Five against Southampton, six against Manchester United. We've got a really dogged 1-0 win against Burnley uh, uh, the other week. We've got full house in terms of points away from home. We're bloody on fire. We just scored another three goals. We've got Son, we've got Kane, we've got Bale. Absolutely on fire. You know, we scored 18 goals. It's the most goals in the Premier League this season. Our form is absolutely ridiculous. There's only three, there's only three teams out of 20 in the Premier League in their last five that haven't, got, uh, haven't lost. West Brom um, won, Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur, nil. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Dr. Tottenham, right, is, um, is not turning up, right? At the end of the day, it's not, it's not turning up uh, uh, on, on West Brom. I, I agree with you, Rick. I agree with uh, Chris with what you're saying. We've got to go there. We've got to put a market down. Yep. And what Chris Callan said earlier is absolutely banging. We have to go there and win and win well and ultimately make sure that we are top of the league, even if it's for freaking 20 minutes. It's going to end up being for probably two hours. But yeah. the psychological effect that it has, probably not on the uh, on some of the on the Twitter fans, to be fair, but the psychological the uh, effect it has yeah. on the players, yeah. on the fans, mm-hmm. to look at that table and see us top of the league, uh, you know, for for the first time in I don't know how long. I think I think it's well, like I think Jason said in the WhatsApp group, didn't he? Twenty fourteen. Yeah, Pochettino, like the win against QPR, wasn't it? I think it was that, that Ridic- time. Yeah, brilliant stat. You got my book there, Rick? Because I no, I haven't. That's it. just on you the old knowledge piece. That is that's the encyclopedia. That's, that's good knowledge, mate. But yeah, so so look, I, I think that if we if Tottenham players get into this match and we overthink it, then it starts to become a problem. We've got to go up there. We've got to start fast, like I always say, like the train, like the crazy train it is. Get in their faces, plan the front foot. They will not be able to handle us. Uh, we're fit. We're, we're we're firing, and I can't see anything more than than a than a, um, a Premier League win, another away win for Tottenham Hotspur. And, and, and by the way, for all the moaners out there, who would have thought that last season? The amount of games that we went on the road, Chris, you go to all these games home and away when we was allowed still in the stadiums. We didn't win for ten months away from home. Now we're now we're going into an unbeaten record. It's absolutely phenomenal. So long may it continue. I fully expect a Tottenham win. Do not let me down, Tottenham. And for all of you now listening to this, going, "Oh, Lee, you're jinxing it. You're too, you're so over the top." No, I'm not. I'm just confident because that's what we need to be. If we're going to be winners, if we're going to if we're going to go and win something this season, whether it's the Carabao Cup or getting the top four, whatever it is, we've got to think positive. You achieve nothing thinking negatively. So start thinking positive and start backing us. Tottenham to win away at West Brom, 2-0, talk to me. 
Love it. There you go. Lee going very early with that prediction. Chris, coming around to you. I think one of the things with West Brom is that selling your best defender early doesn't help things. And Billick was very vocal about his displeasure at losing Hagalzi. Um, the Baggies are one of three clubs to not win a single Premier League game this season. They've only had a few draws against some of the weaker sides in the league to keep them for bottom. You see the way I put Chelsea in there as a weaker side. I hope you like that. Tell us, Chris, what's your thoughts going into this game? Because, you know, Lee mentioned it there, pressure. Is there anything from a psychological perspective for Tottenham going into this game that if they win this, we do go top of the league? Does that feed into any extra additional pressure from a Spurs perspective? Yeah, absolutely. And I thought I'd just say that in the last 10 minutes, there's been some breaking news. Tottenham have just tweeted that Dr. Tottenham um, have, has just left on a free transfer. So, you know, that's that's gone. He's gone. He's gone now. So big news, mate. Big news. Breaking news. He's off. He's off. See you later, Dr. See you later. No, but as, as I said earlier, Rick, um, you know, this is huge for us. You know, so early on in the season, you know, to go top on Sunday with a win, you know, no matter how we do it, I think that we're going to go there and win convincingly. But however Jose Mourinho sets up, however we get the three points, it is so important that we do get the three points. And, you know, we've said so many times, you know, particularly under the time of Maurizio Pochettino, that, you know, mentally weak, you know, it's always let us down, you know, when, when it's been big games or, or it's been a cup final or it's been a semi-final or it's been games like this where we could go top or, or we could go second or, you know, whenever we've been in this position before, you know, we've always bottled it. You know, I can't think of a better phrase, but, you know, we've always bottled it and, and we've always, you know, fouled. And Sunday is so important and Jose Mourinho will do his utmost to put the best team out and get the three points on Sunday. And I'm very confident, you know, I must say that, you know, this season, I've really enjoyed it. When we've, when we've played well, it's been great. When we've grinded results out and we haven't played that well, it's been great because winning when you're not playing particularly well, you know, feels fantastic. You know, it's about grinding results out. And really, we, we've said before, when Jose Mourinho arrived, we all felt confident that the trophies would come. And he hasn't even been um, at Tottenham a year. And we have now got the prospect of sitting top of the league you know, being in the quarterfinals of the, of the Carabao Cup and doing fairly well in the Europa League. And, you know, it doesn't really look like Tottenham are going to lose games at the moment. And, you know, against West Brom, you know, we should be winning and winning well on Sunday. Chris, let's get a prediction from you ahead of the game. 3-0. I'm going to go for 3-0 and I do think that we will keep a clean sheet. And I know that West Brom, you know, they were 3-0 up against Chelsea, as you mentioned, and that's probably their best game of the season so far. Yep. Um, and obviously they conceded the three goals, but, you know, they don't look threatening. You know, when when they can lose to Fulham 2-0, you know, Tottenham should be going there and winning convincingly. I agree. I totally agree. I mean, Jay, coming around to you to kind of close the show here, I mean, they have got, as I mentioned, some promising individuals. They've got the likes of Grady, Dungana, they've got Matthias Pereira, they've got Carl and Grant. However, they are lacking real leadership in key areas. Mm -hmm. And they look in too deep at this level on the evidence we've seen so far. Therefore, with Tottenham going into this game, we've got Hummin Son, who scored in all of Tottenham's three Premier League away wins, netting seven times on the road so far on those trips. What's your thoughts going into the game, Jay? And let's get a prediction from you. Yeah, I mean, as again, as I said, it's all about can we can we find a way of breaking them down? Uh, I think Chris made a great point about, you know, sometimes when these teams are very difficult to kind of break down and beat, those are very satisfying wins. So I'm kind of expecting that on the weekends. Um, but I do think Spurs will end up winning the game quite comfortably. So I'm, I'm going to go for a 3-1 Spurs win. A 3-1 Spurs win. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Spurs win. This all means that Spurs, if this happens, do go 
to the top of the league for however long that is. I just wonder, lads, very quickly, just to answer this question, all four, all four of us yeah, here. Please. Um, from a psychological test perspective, how big a game is this in Jose Mourinho's reign at Tottenham to go top of it, the league? How big is it for you, Lee, in his reign? To, is this a real ba- uh, barrier? Yeah, it's a, good, it's, a good, it's a good question. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And I think um, he, he will be playing it down. He won't be saying publicly. Oh, that he, in fact, he said it last week, didn't he? Oh, you know, table don't mean nothing. Yeah, you know, yeah. don't really mean nothing till February. And, and, you know, to be fair, maybe it doesn't. But but everybody looks at the table. It's everywhere. Spot. Everybody yeah. looks at it. And and what's actually really interesting before we come around to the other lads, you know, to, to get that answer is I've just been doing some calculations here when we're talking about goals. And in the last four seasons in the Premier League, the average goals in the last four seasons is ninety. If if it, so, the team winning the Premier League scored ninety goals on average over the last four seasons. And and if you put that into Tottenham's, you know, the, the highest we've we've scored in the Premier League is the 16-17 season when we scored 86. Okay. So where am I going with this? If you look at the firepower that we have in our team at the moment, how are we going to get them 90 goals? So I've just done a quick calculation. So Kane, this is league goals only, right? Kane 25, Son 20. It's big ass, but he scored a lot already. Bale gets 15. And then you've got Lucas Ships it puts in two because he, he don't score, he runs around a bit. Deli Alley, if he gets back in the in the side, he gets six. Gio Lacelso gets eight. Bergvine gets eight. And Dumbello gets six. Right? You know, at, at the end of the day, when you look at that, are you confident? Are you boys and the listeners? Are you confident that between Lucas, Deli, Gio, Bergvine, and Dumbello, we're going to get that level of goals? Like you'll probably you'll probably say yeah, Kane to get twenty five. You'll probably say Sonny and Bale between Lucas's thirty five. But you're confident on Lucas too. But the point being is that's 90 goals. So, yeah. you know, from an average perspective, you know, when we, we talk about, oh, at top of the league, it makes a difference. Mm. You know, Liverpool outscored Manchester City. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Manchester City. Sorry, Manchester City outscored Liverpool quite considerably last season. Yet Liverpool still won the league. So it's all, also about how many goals you ship. I get that. Um, by the way, I've worked that out as well. So on average, it's 27 goals. Uh, over the last four seasons that, that you let in maximum and then you win the league. But but if we haven't got the firepower to get a potential 90 goals, then we're, we're going to be behind the curve to win the league anyway, on, on average. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're, the lion's share of the goals are going to come from Kane, Son and Bale. That's what we're thinking. But, you know, do you think that Berkey's going to pick up eight goals this season? Or, or Lucas is going to get two, or, or, or Lamella is going to get four, or Deli's going to get six. I mean, that's where they've got to come from. Mm. Other players in the squad, in the in the side, have to ship in goals. Yeah, they have to yep. put, contribute goals. Yep. You, you see where I'm coming from. So, although that hasn't, doesn't really have a bearing on West Brom this this uh, this weekend, I think in you know, an over a period of a season, yep. that's why I'm saying to the listeners right now, before you start saying I'm getting carried away, I'm not getting carried away. My feet are on the ground. But, you know, over a period of season, it's a lot of goals to score and, yep. you know, we've got to be consistent. But going to West Brom and beating them, I think it is a massive marker, Rick. And yep. I think that I it's a big, big game for Jose to go. He can sit there and go, my job is done. I, I can, he can get his popcorn out, can't he, uh, after yep. the midday kickoff because we're the early kickoff for, uh, for, for for this weekend. And uh, he can watch everyone else. And they've got hard games. Liverpool play City this weekend. Yes. So somebody's going to drop more points. You know, yep. Leicester play Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yep. Somebody's going to drop more points. Mm. This is what Chris is saying about. The trophies are coming. We've just got to keep playing our football and winning our football matches. Isn't that right, Chris? Do, do you know what, Lee? I, I don't think that Tottenham will score that many goals this season. 
You know, I know, I know that we've ripped Southampton apart, we've ripped Manchester United apart. But when you consider like the one nil victory at Burnley, if we can go to places like West Brom and nick a one nil, you know, it doesn't matter about how many goals we're scoring. It doesn't matter whether we're going away scoring three, four, five, six goals. It's about the three points. And Jose Mourinho is setting up in these matches to get the three points. And that is what matters. It's not about how many goals we're scoring. You know, it would be great to score, you know, a lot of goals, be highly entertaining games. But, you know, in, in a lot of these very difficult away games, you know, as you've mentioned, we've won three out of three away so far, um, you know, looking pretty decent. But if we can just pick up three points in these important games, that is going to get us over the line. And then the trophies will be coming. So get that, get that party bus started. Well, that's say, Chris. Will it be a party bus by full time, Chris? Let's hope so. You know, we, we've got to we've got to start dreaming. I tell you, because with the squad that we've got, mm-hmm. with the manager we've got, you know, I know we say this on virtually every show, but you know, the training facilities, the ground, you know, the manager that we've got with his record, you know, mm-hmm. Harry Kane, two hundred goals in three hundred games, yeah. you know, Hunmin Son, you know, Gareth Bale now at the club. Yeah. When you've got all of those pieces of the jigsaw, surely, you know, the last pieces, the last piece or two has got to come in now. And, uh, you know, the trophies have got to be coming. And I know, you know, I know you joke about me talking about trophies all the time, but, you know, 2008 was the last trophy. Surely, yeah. Yeah. surely we are just round the corner from that now. Hopefully, I agree. And you keep, we've got to keep saying it. And I, I'm not apologising anymore for keep saying it on the show because it's, that is what breeds. You keep saying it, people start to believe. You start to believe, people, other, other people start to believe. And that's when start things start to change. It's an oil tanker that we are turning around. And it is a slow trying to turn it around. God, that fuck has been finally, hard to turn. It, it is a bloody fucking long one, isn't it? But it's been <laughs> turning and turning. And now we're finally going into... The, 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 the straight, as it were, like, like Chris has said, the home straight with the oil tanker trophies are coming. Let's hope we don't get a let's hope we don't get a puncher, Jay. What do you reckon? I, I just think about the belief as well, and, and just saying it. I remember watching, you know, the playbook and it, from the, his time at Porto, and when they were due to kind of they're in the Champions League draw, and then he was convincing all the players that they wanted to play Manchester United, and they played Man and they got Manchester United. And the players were all delighted. But they had that belief that they could go and beat them because Jose Mourinho kind of kept on telling them, you want Man United, you can go and beat Man United. So it's kind of a similar case with that. And, you know, if we can go top of the league on the weekends, you know, I'm sure Jose Mourinho will show, you know, you can you can get there. You, you and, and that's something that, you know, the guys have said, you know, if we keep saying it, we've just got to believe now that we can go and achieve something this year. And, um, you know, yes, you know, maybe we could get carried away, but, I think we've got to start believing and that Tottenham Oxford can actually start to deliver trophies finally. Totally agree. Well, lads, there you go. I think we've done the West Brom preview. We've even given you a psychological analysis into Tottenham. Let's keep our fingers crossed for the weekend. Let me thank our wonderful panel, Chris Cowling. Thank you ever so much, Chris, as always. Thank you very much. Come on, you Spurs. Love that. Fantastic. Jamie from the Daily Hotspur, Jay. Thank you as always. No, my pleasure. And of course, you know, always great to speak about a Spurs win and yeah, looking forward to the weekend now. Big, big game of the weekend. And Lee McQueen sounding off on this crazy train. Lee, big game to come of the weekend. Keeps them rolling, baby. Three points, top of the league. Go get a cup of tea. Love it. Fantastic. Guys, we are back after the game of the weekend. Keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on, you Spurs! Choo-choo! Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. 
Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.